Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too. With my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. So last week I teased that we might talk about the fan base, we might talk about some esoteric stuff, but let's face it, we have a lot of actual baseball to talk about first. We'll push some of those more esoteric topics into the offseason. We need to talk, gentlemen, about Louis Arise winning the batting title. Uh, you know, not only is it great to see anybody from the local team win something like that uh, over the course of a long, difficult season, but I find Louis Arise myself to be completely endearing. Uh, his hustle, his attitude, his uh, his entertaining style, uh, his competitiveness at the plate, his his willingness to move around the field. I, I just couldn't be happy for for a guy. Uh, Roy, what's your your view of Louis from a fellow the perspective of a fellow professional hitter? Uh, all those things you just said. I mean, every single one of them um, to a to the next degree for me. I I. I Love watching him play. I love his personality. Um, it's that kind of personality is infectious for for a team because he's grinding away at bats. You know, at bat after bat, he gives away fewer bats than anybody else. Meaning, he he continues to fight for what he's trying to do and, and do his whole process, and, and he does it day in day out. Uh, the way he'll move around the field, the way he's, um, you know, the, the way he enjoys the game. I, I mean, it's it's a both. Um, t- it, it's a conscious and subconscious example uh, to uh, teammates, and and I just I think it's great, and I, I, I and I, I love what his hitting mechanics and his process are and uh, I love watching that day in day out and so I mean there's not I, I'm just so happy for him that he won the bag title and I will I will say that with two weeks left in the season and and um, Luis I think it was about two weeks and he was in third place behind Judge and Bogarts at the time and I was uh, on the broadcast the, the twin TV broadcast and I said at that time, Luis Arise will win. Just he'll get his hamstring uh, feeling better. And there's a run in him of two hit games that uh, neither Judge nor, nor Bogarts will be out here at the end of the season. And uh, sure as sure as can be, I mean, there he is sitting atop at the at the end doing exactly what I thought he might do just because he's tough and because his approach, get, he's got, had the best chance of, of throwing some multi-hit games together. Uh, I, I just couldn't be happier for him. You know, um, when things like this happen and something good happens and you start kind of thinking about, you know, the, the path and the journey the player took and it just makes me wonder what, uh, how hard it is sometimes for some players to 
to get noticed or get that opportunity to showcase themselves because, you know, Louis was a kid who was not physically gifted. Um, he was, uh, 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 he didn't have any power. He just had great hands and great hand-eye coordination and really was not that coveted as a player growing up in Venezuela. And the twin scout went to his house and said, um, the most I go off you is $20,000 to sign with the club. And Luis uh, turned down that offer and he left the house to go hang out with a buddy. And he's out there thinking about, well, I'm going to have to go to college. I'm going to have to do better in school. I have to figure out some of those sort of line of work, whatever. And then um, Louis returns home and the scouts for the twins is there. And he's like, I found you another $10,000. <laughs> and Louis agreed. <laughs> and it's just amazing that, you know, a few years later, he's in Major League Baseball camp. I want to say it was 2018 or, or 2019. 2019, and I'm sitting there in Fort Myers watching this, this guy at the play going, this guy's a major league hitter. This guy has a great swing, and he's hitting line drives all over the ballpark. This guy is an asset, you know, and he ends up joining the team later on that year and batting like 330, okay? So um, now Louis is a batting ch- uh, champion. It just makes you wonder, you know, how many arises are out there in the world who get overlooked because they're not physically gifted or fast, or stronger than everybody, or can hit uh, a ball 500 feet. You know, uh, Aaron Sabato, you know, gets a first-round draft pick from the Twins. He gets, you know, three or $4 million signing bonus, and there's no sign that he's ever going to reach him, the majors. Meanwhile, you know, Luis Planalon gets like a $30,000 bonus, works his way through the system, is in the majors, and is a batting champion. I just think it's a really cool story. It's a great story, and I want to talk more about that, get to Aaron Judge, the playoffs, Carlos Correa, all kinds of other stuff. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See all of our shows, our outdoor content, and the best sports lineup in town. Uh, see the shows as they are released. Uh, and if you go to TalkNorth.com, you'll see all our sports content, all of our outdoor content, our variety content, Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast, Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, John Krasinski, John Millay, Jeff Diamond. It, the list goes on. Uh, I also love the fact that Arise thrived in 2019 when the ball was flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 334 in 92 games, like an 830 OPS. This year, almost a dead ball season uh, other than Aaron judge. People were not hitting home runs. The ball was not flying. Batting averages were down his OPS plus, which is OPS compared to the league average was actually higher this year than when he hit 334 in 2019. So his style has, has survived both uh, kinds of baseball we've seen. Roy. Well, his style is, is going to survive in however they want to play the game. Uh, absolutely. However they want to play it just because of his, uh, the, how well his ability, and Lavelle mentioned it, talking about his, his great hands and the hand. And what that means is his hands deliver the big end of the bat to the ball more often than most everybody else. He has the ability to do that. And it's perfectly with his style, with his process, which is let the ball travel a long ways so that I'm not fooled on breaking balls. I know that I can still get the big end. I mean, anybody can say wait on fastballs so I'm not beat on breaking balls and then either have the ball thrown by him or get uh, hit the ball below the label. I mean, anybody can do that. That's a two-strike approach that is, is worth doing in my, in my view. We've talked about having a two-strike approach and all that kind of thing. 
but not very many people can have that idea about letting the fastball travel and still at the same time be able to get the big end, deliver his hands, deliver the big end of the bat to that fastball after he's waited longer than most people. And then, which makes him able to handle every other pitch they might throw for a strike. And speaking of throwing for a strike, if it's a ball, he won't swing at it. So, I mean, everything that he does is batting champion uh, um, uh, ability from his, his physical ability to his mental toughness, to his approach, to his knowledge of the strike zone. And that will play however they want to play this game of baseball. That will play. Lavelle? Um, well, I forgot the question so long. But, uh, you know, hey, everybody on this show is a little long-winded. That's why we do <laughs> podcasts, so we're not doing sound bites. We can actually talk about stuff. You know, the, the member of the funny part, I think, after uh, Luis's first year in the majors, uh, he came to uh, uh, Twins Fest the next year talking about hitting for more power. And I forgot who the Twins hitting coach was um, at the time. And he was like almost, uh, he almost fainted at the possibility of Louis trying to go for more power and had to kind of talk him down off that ledge. But I, I do think that Louis is so gifted that, you know, as he goes forward with his career, um, he could pick out pitches and, and, and launch them and maybe get, you know, double di- digit homers. I'm not talking about like 18, but maybe get to 10 or 12 and that's okay. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at his career numbers and, you know, you don't see this very often and he's walked more times than he struck out, you know, as a major leaguer. And that's just pretty neat. Um, he continues to um, hone his strike zone and he continues to use the entire field. And, you know, you, you just know when he's walking up to the plate, the thing I like, he walks up to the plate and he's looking for the holes. You know, he's looking for where guys are playing them and he tries to hit the ball to the to where they're not. It's just a basic principle. And it's pretty it's pretty neat to see. And I mentioned this uh, in my uh, column, uh, column earlier this week when I listed five things they twins should do before opening day next year. And I think one of them is to uh, buy Louie out of his rem- remaining years of arbitration and lock this guy up long term because he's he's checked all the boxes off. In addition to, you know, uh, playing well on the field, but he's always been a model uh, presence in the clubhouse. That was evident like the first within the first two weeks of him being in the majors. They're like this guy you know, knows his way around a, a, a clubhouse better than some of the guys that have been in this league three or four years, you know. And um, the thing, the concern about Louis was that, um, you know, that his body wasn't the greatest of bodies and that he has to work harder than average in order to stay in good shape. And, it, and the Twins silently had concerns that as Louis, you know, gets uh, older, that he was going to expand a little bit and get slower and have a lot of knee and thigh and, and ankle injuries because he's he's going to get heavy and start playing like a heavy player. Um, but Louie went the opposite direction. He went down to Dominican this offseason and worked out with Nelson Cruz and came to camp in like the greatest shape ever. You know, and then when the Twins often sputtered at the beginning of this year, Rocco was like, I got to get this guy back in the lineup as much as possible. And Louie took off from there. So he, um, he, he yeah, he's a, he's um, he has gotten the most out of his talent, but he also has is getting the most out of his body as well. And I think, you know, you look at how he's had a holistic approach to getting to the point where he's at now, but he should be rewarded for, uh, for who he is and what he's meant to the organization. Lock him up. 
Thanks to Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. Also like to uh, thank Head Flyer Brewing that hosted uh, the John Krasinski show last week and brought a couple hundred people out. Uh, absolutely packed the joint to overflowing. It was a great crowd, a great night. So thanks to Head Flyer. That was a blast. It's going to be a fascinating Timberwolves season. Uh, so here's the question. Louie isn't eligible for free agency until 2026. Roy, is there urgency to signing to some kind of a long-term deal? Yes. Okay. I don't. I don't want to be long. I don't want to be long-winded. <laughs> I was talking about me being long-winded and Lavelle being long-winded. You're actually Roy. You might actually be the uh, quiet mouse of this group. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No. I, um, if I were the twins, um, I would. Um, I would feel some urgency to uh, sign him. I think Lavelle makes the right point um, about <clears throat> locking him up, but it will always happen that the sooner you just uh, break down and give a good player, uh, you, you know, free agent, well, closer to free agent kind of money, the uh, better deal you ultimately make three, four years down the road. So I don't think there's any, any real urgency other than, yeah, we want this guy on the team, and this is the cheapest we'll probably ever get him. So if they don't think that's urgent enough, then that's their issue. Hard to argue with that. And the thing is that, as we said, that bat's going to play. He seems to have gotten his physical conditioning in order. He's willing to play through minor injuries. There just aren't many questions about the guy. And and he also sets an example for other people. And those are the guys you like. To me, those are the people you want to reward, the ones who – actually set an example for others. I think we could look at recent twins transactions and say, okay, hit, miss, hit, miss, 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 hit, uh, depending on how the player was. And a lot of it comes down to, you know, do they take a contract at a young, a relatively young age as, uh, you know, okay, I made it, or do they take it as, okay, this gives me responsibility. I think Arise would look at it as, as a responsibility. And uh, I, I, I think that um – I think that uh, he he um, he's a true professional in all uh, in all areas, and I don't think it would take a lot of money to lock him up. You know, it's not like he's going to require twenty five million dollars a year. Uh, you know, it'd be something that's really reasonable and give the t- Twins cost certainty as they move forward. Um, um, it would be a move that would be embraced by the fan base. I think uh, there's so many positives for something like something like that to not happen uh, with the young man. So. Um, I, he needs to be rewarded for what he's done and 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 with a little bit of a nod to what he's going to do. And having that type of player in your, in your lineup, you know, you know you got a 300 hitter. You know, he's going to be batting somewhere in the top three spots. You know, that helps the manager right out of his lineup on a daily basis. So um, it's a win-win for everybody. And hopefully the, those talks are going to take place uh, at some point during this offseason. You know, I'd like to I'd like to add one more thing to, to uh, this uh, decision uh, that the twins uh, would have to make that the twins and Luis and I, uh, he has not had a sophomore jinx. He is not, you know, we always talk about, I mean, he had a sophomore season, basically one, you know, basically, I think it's a sophomore season. He won the batting title. So my, I guess my point is that um, we always talk about how hitters will do really well at first. And then the, pitchers adjust and they have to adjust back. And, you know, there's a constant back and forth adjustment. Um, Luis Arise has been through all that. 
And he came through all that winning a batting title. So I, w- I would say that um, there is less risk on a uh, with Luis as a player who hasn't had that many at-bats in the big leagues yet than there is for most anybody else who's had, you know, at the time they have the same number of at-bats. Great point. All right, let's talk about another infielder and more money, Carlos Correa. And I'll set the table with what I've viewed from my perspective and in my conversations with Twins officials. Uh, When Correa signs with the Twins, me, the Twins, Correa, everybody assumed, okay, he's going to be here one year, he's going to get a big deal. Then they get to the middle of the season. He's performing fine, but he's not having a breakout. Okay, everybody's going to be bidding for me in free agency kind of season. And the Twins are winning. That point, uh, Heyman reports that Correa's going to opt out. I talked to a bunch of people. I was led to believe that, uh, if anything, the Twins were holding out hope that he might come back under some circumstances, whether it was picking up the deal or, or agreeing to some other kind of a, a deal. And there was they wanted him. They had decided they wanted him around, and he was open to the idea. Now we get to the end of the season, and he had a great last six weeks or whatever. His numbers look fantastic. Uh, it looks like there will be teams bidding for him. Now it does look like he's going to leave. That's my view. Do you view mm-hmm. – and uh, Lavelle, would you add, what would you add to what I just threw out there? Yeah, I you know, I, I wrote a column uh, late July, early August, kind of criticizing him because I expect a little bit more from him. And that was coming off a month. I think he hit, I think he hit like 175 in July, and it just didn't look good. Um, he has been everything as advertised the last two months of the season. Um, in addition to playing great defense – um, being a presence at the plate. Um, there's a stretch there. He was the best thing going in an offense. He was trying to keep mm-hmm. the Twins in the battle at the plate. Um, um, by the end of the year, he looked like a guy who should be worth 30 million, 30 something million a year. So, um, you know, I, I think the one thing I'm impressed a little bit, I, I think Carlos is going about this as about as professionally as, as they come. He hasn't really, he's, I mean, he's thrown subtle hints about, uh, you know, taking advantage of the opt-out, but he has really said a lot of good things about the organization. Um, his wife likes the other wives on the team. You know, when do we ever hear stuff like that? You know, uh, his, his kids like it here. Um, he likes the organization. You know, he, I, I think he's said a lot of good things about the organization, trying to, you know, show them, hey, if you guys, you know, show, show them money, I'm willing to stay here. So um, it, it should take the should you know, encourage the twins to have some discussions about, well, you know, does he if 30, 35 million for another six or seven years? Do we want to do that with him? Um, do we want to take the money and see if we can get a pitcher for that much money? I don't know. Um, the twins have tried to go after pitchers in the past. They offered a hundred million dollar deals to Zach Wheeler and you Darvish and they gone elsewhere. Uh, are they really ever going to get in, in, a, in a position where they can offer 35 to $40 million a year for a top starting pitcher? I don't, I, that just made me wish a, wishful thinking. I'm just thinking at this point, the best way for the Twins to move forward as far as finding the ace is to trade for a guy who becomes an ace or develop one with the farm system. So if you go look at the opposite end here, uh, Correa at shortstop solidifies the infield, helps you line up out, and um, you have a trade trip ship in Royce Lewis once he gets healthy that you can use to see if you can get another great young pitcher who can end up developing into uh, ace or not or not. So I think they need to think about this investment moving forward uh, just for the short term and keeping the, the twins competitive and having a, a, a top five player in the lineup 
And, you know, it sets them up to give them some flexibility to make some other moves that may end up getting them the, the starting pitcher, the ace type pitcher that everybody wants to have. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm such a fan. You guys know that I'm such a fan of uh, Correa's that uh, I really hope the twins, you know, for all the reasons that Lavelle saying and, and maybe more, you know, visceral reason for me. I mean, I just love watching him play. And as a, you know, as a former shortstop, I, I watch it, it's it, for me, it's more about the plays that don't look spectacular. It's, it's how good he is day in, day out on what everybody would call routine ground balls because they're hit relatively right at somebody. And I see hops that get picked, you know, hops that he plays that he makes on tough, tough hops and, um, and different things. And I said, you know what, this guy is, we all see his leaping and his diving and his throwing, you know, you know, we see that and that's, you know, that's great. It's why he was the, you know, platinum glove winner, but it's also because he makes all the routine plays and all the plays that everybody would say are routine that I know I'm watching. I, I know that wasn't routine that he made. And people, you know, people, if he didn't make the play, they, they give him an error and they go, how can you not make that routine play? And it's, it's just different, you know, with him. So I have a hard time saying the twins should not, you know, do everything that, you know, they could to keep him. And I'm with Lavelle. I think if they're going to spend a boatload of money, then you do it to a platinum glove uh, uh, winning shortstop. And what that does is give you all kinds of players now. I mean, that you can, you can trade. It's not just Royce Lewis, it's right. Miranda or it's Arise or it's Kepler or it's Kirla. It's everybody is tradable now because you've got uh, Correa and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Polanco up the middle and Buxton, if, you know, God willing, he'll, he can ever, you know, be in a lineup for 120 or 130 games. And then your first base and third base and left field or right field positions are up for grabs between Arise, Miranda, Kepler, Royce Lewis, and any of those guys can move around if you can make a trade for it that, that Lavelle suggests. So I think there's that extra added. You, you put an all-star in there at, you know, at, at 28 years old, I like spending money at shortstop. I like spending money there and what it does for the rest of your club uh, more than anything else. I mean, what if they, what if you sign Correa and now you can trade, you know, for, you know, the next, not Joe Mauer, next really good, young, good hitting catcher. I mean, you just don't know what might happen when you're, when you, you've got a lot of good young players. You, you have no idea what kind of deal you yeah, I'll, I'll like to jump in right quick and add, you know, it's not it's not the easiest thing to do. You're going to end up having, you know, youngish players around him because I'm looking at the Twins payroll right now. And Correa made 22.7, 22% of the, of the payroll this year. And there is a belief that once you pay one guy more than 20% of a team's payroll, you're going to have a hard time putting the team around him. But I'm looking at the, the current Twins roster. And I think it's talented enough to compete next year with Correa in it. And you're probably not going to bring back Sanchez. And he was the second highest paid twin at $9 million. Um, I'd like to see Urshela back. Urshela back. He'll go to arbitration 
uh, after making six and a half million last year. Bunny won't be back. He made five. Pagan should be traded. He made 2.3. Um, there's ways to make this work, I think. And one other thing, too, that I like about Korea, I love the fact that when you have a shortstop with his arm and the ball is into the gap and there's a guy trying to score, the relays are even more lethal because he's able to go out further to get the throw from the outfielder, the throw home, and that speeds up the whole process and really is a great weapon to have uh, if a team, if someone's trying to score from second on a single to left. One more topic. Uh, you know what? We're not going to talk about playoffs. We're not going to playoffs. Then I think this is just a great topic. Uh, one more aspect of this. Once again, thanks to Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. If you'd like to advertise with this show or our network, which keeps growing, keeps adding listeners and shows, you can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Thanks also to longtime producer Brandon Morton. I... And this is complete gut reaction, uh, reaction to watching him play and seeing his personality. Personally, I do not trade Royce Lewis. Uh, do you agree or disagree to start with Lavelle? I mean, that's a fair uh, that's a fair argument. I guess some, to me, I think if every mo- any prospect could be a trade chip in my view, and it depends. Like, let's just say if the Miami, Miami Marlins decide to put Sandy Alcantara on the trade market. Yes, I would put Royce Lewis in a, in a in a package to try to get Sandy Alcantara, who throws 230 innings a year, which doesn't happen anymore in baseball. Um Royce in his brief Twins debut last year showed enough to me that he's going he's a chance of, of, of being a player who can hit at a high produce at a high level. Um I think the two injuries he's had have been very unfortunate. I don't think it's a precursor to him being Injury prone. I mean, he injured a he tore a knee while working out there in the offseason and then playing center field, a, a position that he wasn't um familiar with. He ran into the wall at Tiger Field and injured his knee again. I think those things can be corrected. Um, if we continue to move him around, he'll get more experience playing in the outfield and he'll know better about how to approach that wall. Um he go he can definitely play play short, which means he can also probably use him at second or third. He'd be a great, you know, high end prospect to plug in anywhere in a lot of spots in that field. Um, like I said, I would not necessarily say Royce Lewis is on the trade block, but if there is like a, a generational type pitcher out there who somehow becomes available on the, on the trade market, then yeah, that's when I would uh, be willing to move someone like Royce. But I do think highly of him as a prospect. I'm not trying to just get rid of him. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think you actively seek to trade Royce Lewis. Clear, you know, clearly, you do listen to all offers, and you, you figure out what makes your team the best. And if you have to trade Royce Lewis, you know, if you just have to make a deal because of what the – if you don't make the deal, what the team is like with Royce Lewis, and if you do make the deal, what the team is like in your best estimation without him and with the, whoever you get, then, you know, you, got, you have to make the deal. So everybody – I would say everybody is available. Um, the thing that bothers me, and I think he's a player. I think he's a big league player. That I, 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 I would not trade Royce Lewis unless, I mean, if they don't sign Correa, the uh, value received in return for Royce Lewis goes up two times, maybe three times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can't, you you can't not have a shortstop. Uh, I'm hoping that Royce Lewis is on the team with Correa playing shortstop. Then you could trade Urshela uh, if you want it. You could package a deal with Urshela. Royce Lewis could go to third. Um, I don't think he's going to play second base. 
Um, he could play in the outfield. And as I say all that, it makes me nervous because if you've got a guy that's a Carlos Correa type shortstop, you don't even enter, you don't ever run him out to center field and have him play out there ever. Mm-hmm. Shortstop, and that's where he's going to play. And it, you know, to, to you know, we all talk about Royce Lewis and say, boy, he can play here, he can play there, he can play there. What that means is he's not a generational shortstop in anybody's mind right now. I mean, I think he played really well when he, at shortstop for Correa, and, and I think he's going to swing the bat. So I really like him. I'd like to hit him on the Twins team. But when we say automatically he's the answer at shortstop, I, I, don't, I, I don't think we know that for sure. If they trade Carlos Correa, he's the shortstop, and then we find out. Yeah, but the, and that also means that uh, you're going to have to buy some time during the season for he because I don't think he's going to be ready right at the beginning of the next no, year, right? He's not. So what do you do at shortstop then for like a half or or six tenths of the season? Do you hodgepodge with Urshela? Urshela started, I think, like forty games at short in the majors before. So do you try Urshela for a while there and Miranda at first and Kirilov? If I mean Miranda at third and Kirilov at first, then or do you go out and try to get another short uh, stopgap shortstop? We know what happened the last time the Twins tried to do that. Yeah, it was brutal last time. Uh, of course, you don't, you know, they, they signed somebody who ended up being horrible for them in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that if you intentionally try to sign somebody who could be as bad for you as he was, they could do it again. Uh, there's got to be a, you know, there's got to be the right stopgap out there, which is a good defensive shortstop and becomes your utility player whenever Rice is ready. Can, can Nick Gordon get away with starting 10 games at short? How many? 10? Yeah. That's why I keep, I, I'm that's okay. why games could you hodgepodge with Urshela and Gordon at short maybe a little bit Polanco I'm not saying a lot and I would leave I would leave Polanco at second base and I try to do I mean it it really depends on when they think Royce Lewis is going to be ready and and um I I wouldn't want to hodgepodge it for a month I mean I I really wouldn't want it um I don't think they have good options uh, on the big league club right now, Urshela can do it. He's done it before. He's a good athlete, strong enough arm. He's an athletic enough guy. Uh, he can. I think that he could. He could do a, an okay job. He's not. He's clearly not your long term. Right. And they, they also have Jermaine Palacios around, who, who um, you know, who, was, who used to be in an organization. They got traded for Odorizzi back in the organization. Not a top prospect at all, um, but. He is a person who can play shortstop. I didn't say great, but <laughs> he is a person who can play short. Okay, now this conversation has made me feel like they have to sign Correa. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, you know, if Royce Lewis were ready, if he if he were ready, if he had an injury that kept him away from the big leagues, and you know, until you know, the last four weeks of the, uh, you know, minor league season, he went down there and tore it up in AAA the last four weeks. Then, I, then I, I'd say, you know, it, it's not absolutely critical that you uh, don't sign uh, Correa because I think this kid is ready. Um, the fact that he's not ready and you have no other option, I mean, they, they might get real creative. I thought, I thought the way they handled last year, you know, trading as a result of trading Garver, and then Donaldson and Kiner Falefa, and you and you wind up with that allows you to get Urshela and Correa. I thought that was more creative and, um, and courageous, actually. Uh, things that 
uh, has been done here in, in, in a while. Maybe they can come up with something, you know, as creative, let Korea go figure out something at shortstop, uh, some, something else. Um, but I, I mean, it feels to me like they, <laughs> they have to sign Correa as well. And the one thing that I will say, if Palacios plays short uh, and Buxton doesn't play every game that Palacios uh, is playing short, then they got a problem because they, they're going to need all the offense they can get when they get nothing from the shortstop. Yeah. I mean, we've been down that road. Well, the shortstop market next year. What's that? Yeah, you're going to have Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson and Correa at the top of the shortstop market next year. For a stopgap, the guy who was a stopgap for the White Sox down the stretch here who ended up being a fan favorite, uh, 34-year-old Elvis, Elvis Andrus. You know, would that be the stop the stopgap for next year if you don't have Correa back and you, you need time to wait for, for your boy uh, Royce Lewis to get healthy? I think Roy uh, brought up a really interesting point. This front office, win, lose, uh, whether they're popular or getting ripped, they are not afraid to go out and do stuff. Uh, we didn't expect them to sign Nelson Cruz. We didn't expect them to sign Josh Donaldson. We didn't expect them to to, uh, to sign Carlos Correa. We didn't expect them to make all the trades you had to make to get Urshela and clear a spot for Correa. Right, uh, right. They went after Darvish. They went after Wheeler. Uh, they tra- made a bunch of trades at this trading deadline. So let's not pretend they're going to stand pat. They're going to do something really nope. interesting. We just don't know what yet. Fowley, Derek Fowley believes that if he does, if you're standing pat, you're falling behind. You either have to make moves to try to get better in the present or to get better for the future. So I don't think he's going to sit out a, a trade deadline period or uh, an offseason without trying to make a transaction along one of those lines. And that's, that's totally different than previous tw- Twins regimes. So you definitely have to stay on your toes if you're covering the Twins. <laughs> if we ever have a slower week, uh, I have all kinds of topics I want to get to, and we'll talk. go back to having our music minute. I have a nomination this week. But I think we've talked enough about – and it, this is what I love about podcasts. This is why I wanted to do podcasts. We talked about two things, basically, Arise and Correa – uh, and we got to go into every aspect of each subject at length. Uh, so great stuff from Roy. Great stuff from Lavelle. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. And we'll be back next week to uh, to delve, dive deeply into these topics on the Minnesota Twins. <laughs>